Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Hey everybody, got an exciting episode for you today. We're going to talk to Laura from EPNA about bank referral relationships and even go into talking a little bit more about onboarding and how do you easily onboard a merchant from statement analysis all the way through. Um, then as a kind of uh, follow up in the questions from the field. I wasn't planning to talk about this today, but in my conversation with Laura, something came up about how my company, uh, ISOAMP, that does statement analysis for these bank uh, partnerships, um, the integration we're working on there came up in the conversation. So I talk a little bit about that in the questions from the field um, about how you can um, outsource statement analysis 100% to um, getisoamp.com. So definitely uh, check out that. I think you're going to appreciate that. It's going to be some good information for you about kind of the future of statement analysis and where we're going. Um, thank you so much for taking your time to listen to this podcast or watch it if you're on our uh, YouTube channel. I wish you great success. Hope you have a terrific day. All right, everybody, I am here today with Laura Calixt, and she is the president at EPNA. How are you doing today, Laura? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining me today. Now, of course, this is your first time on our the video version of our podcast, but you were on the audio version as well a little while back. Um, and so I've always, I think your company is amazing. I'm always uh, amazed by the things you guys are doing and following along. Um, today, of course, we're going to talk about bank relationships and how to get these yeah. referral relationships. But I thought maybe before we did that, since it's been a little while, can you give us a little background? Tell our listeners, you know, what is EPNA? Um, give us a little bit of your backstory so they have a little context. Yeah, so we uh, opened up our doors many years ago now, well, a couple of years ago now, and uh, we're really excited. We opened a storefront as well. So I'm sitting here uh, front, which is super fun. And uh, we, a lot of the executives have been in the industry for a long time. And the reason why we started EPNA was really, we saw a really increase in merchant fees um, with um, right. you know, hidden fees and so on and so forth. And when you are working with those merchants and you have those relationships, um, it gets to the point that they're kind of pointing the finger at you if you have no control. So for sure. uh, starting EPNA, we are glad to say that we have full control of the pricing and we don't increase any rates for and fees for merchants. So once they sign up, they're, they're pretty much guaranteed that what they, what they signed up for is what they're going to get, which is great. And, uh, I think it just makes us sleep a little easier now too. Yeah, for sure. And by the way, I should mention for those that are on the audio, you know, not, not watching the video. I mean, this is a pretty cool office I'm looking at here, right? Like right behind you, you just have a big glass wall and we're just seeing yeah. right out. Uh, so that's exciting. I think it's, I think it's really neat. You know, there's so many processing companies that in a way they kind of want to be hidden. You know, they don't want anybody to know where they are <laughs> for, for several reasons. Uh, we don't need to get into that, but I think everybody understands on this uh, on this uh, episode. But, um, you know, you guys are just right there. I mean, tell me about that. You know, how long have you been in this particular location and does that have an impact on your kind of local presence? So we've been here since a couple months in, I think, March of 2018. Okay. And uh, we have our partners that are listed on our, on our uh, window here as yeah, well as merchants that we highlight. And merchants from all over the country. So it's not just local mm. merchants and not just local partners. It's fun to work out of here because yeah. uh, as we all sit kind of facing the window, you'll see people walking by and reading um, the different sheets of paper and uh, knocking on the door and 
uh, and so on and so forth. And so, um, you know, we, we really started it because we didn't want to hide from any merchant. So right. it goes along with what, you know, we said earlier, we don't raise fees, but if, if somebody wanted to walk in and maybe they had a chargeback or an issue, sure. maybe their terminal isn't working. It's just a nice uh, place. You know, we're very close to the city of Chicago, 20 minutes. Right. So it's just a nice place for them to be able to say, Hey, I'm going to stop in and, and see what's going on. And we do have merchants that just kind of come in and drop off cookies and, and do stuff like that too. That's awesome. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, the, cool. the basis of this is we are a small merchant, so we have a merchant account sure. and we accept credit cards. You know, we pay our, you know, utility bill and our right. internet and right. you know, we have an IT department. So we are the merchants that we're speaking with. Right. So it, it really is, that. you know, when they talk about, you know, how they have to, you know, pay for rent, like we're paying for that. Right. So right. Um, it's really important to kind of get that message to them across. And once yeah. they come in and see the space, right. it's super fun. Yeah. I mean, I know it's not our, our primary topic today, but I mean, I agree. And, and for me, I feel like I had a big jump in my business when I got my first office, uh, you know, locally yeah. in my area. And just, you know, I was able to tell people. Hey, you know, my name is James Shepard with XYZ Company. Our office is right here in downtown Altoona. Yeah. That was a big deal. I think people really respect that. And so I think that's an important milestone. So, all right. So let's let's dive into our topic. So I want to talk about bank yeah. uh, referral relationships. So before yeah. we dive into too many of the weeds here, what does that mean? And why do banks work with companies like EPNA to refer merchants? Like what what is this at a high level when we say a bank referral relationship? What does that mean? Yeah, so really what that means is they're they're looking to have an extension of the bank that works well with their customers to provide all of the different, uh, whether it's point of sale or integration support or anything that's related in the credit card processing space and leaving that up to a company like EPNA. And for the things that you, and you know, obviously you've, you've been in this in this game for a long time, there are so many moving parts and so much, uh, so many questions surrounding, you know, what, what device do I use and how do I accept Apple Pay and what do I do here and how do I integrate, you know, through right. QuickBooks. And for a financial institution, you know, for your, for your, your mid-sized financial institution, you know, to like other, you know, or one to five location branches, it's just a nice way to be able to offer the customers that, that bank with you a service and to have somebody that that is professional and has the answers available and they don't have to, you know, learn that and and have that type of added stress to their life and they right. and they focus there on their on the banking that, that generates their income. And then from the other side of it, when we talk about um, a payment processor, so like your office, you know, yeah. And I, I know the answer to this because I did it for a long time. But why do you pursue these relationships so aggressively? What is the pull? I mean, you know, why do this versus just regular prospecting or other forms of marketing? Why are bank relationships so valuable to a company like yours? Yeah, you might hear some background noise here. Uh, no, that's fine. We, we can a, see uh, you're in downtown Chicago. Right so, you know, <laughs> that's going to happen. <laughs> We're right next to uh, Northwestern's uh, stadium here, but also the uh, renowned uh, and, and well-touted uh, 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 hospital here, too, in North Shore. Sure, so, sure. Um, you know, really, um, to, to re regarding the financial institutions and why we go after them um, is really 
and, and I should say is why we form relationships. Uh, I guess you can, it starts as you go after, but we do have a lot of them contacting us before we even, sure. you know, think about contacting them. Sure. But what it does is it, it uh, aligns your, your business, especially our merchant consultants with an avenue and a partner relationship that they could potentially go on calls with. And, you know, for a financial institution to look at merchant services, you know, if you have a great partner that you have on board with, you know, with, with merchant services, they could help you get those larger accounts, get those bigger accounts that mm. maybe you didn't have a foot in um, from, from other fees or excuse me, from other services that you have. But maybe if you, if you go in there for merchant servicing, services, excuse me, and you talk about, you know, we talk about level three or, you know, optimization or any of these things that, you know, these merchants could possibly save $4,000 a month. So in the back of their head, right. you know, they're coming on to this particular <clears throat> bank, not just because of what they offered, but as an right. add-on, they have somebody that can handle the merchant processing. So it's really just a win-win because it is such a great relationship Yes, when you, when you really start and learn from one another and, and kind of grow. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, there, there really is no better opening presentation or con not even really a pitch because they're going to come to you, but there's really no o better opening conversation piece than I'm with your bank. I mean, that is, yeah. that's about as good as it gets, right? <laughs> I always love that, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and it's the first place that, uh, you know, merchants go they, yes. before they have a storefront, they oh, need yeah. a bank account. New business is right always, after. yep. Yeah. If you, if yeah. you're not, if you're not in with your local bank, you're fighting against your local bank for every new business in the area. Yes. And, and you're, 100%. and it's going to be a difficult way to win because to your point, you don't even have the data. Like until I realized this, I was always trying to chase like the hot leads. You know, you can buy online, you know, a new business is open yeah. and I rush in there. Hey, I want to set you up. Well, we're already set up with the bank every time. And I'm like, what in the world? So finally I was like, you know, maybe I should just go to the bank <laughs> and form a relationship, exactly. you know? So yeah, yeah cool. No, yeah. So, all right. So let's do this. Let, one of my favorite questions is I like to go back in time a little bit. So if you could take us back to your yeah. first bank relationship. Now, I know you've been in the industry a long time, but it, whether you want to tell us about your very first one or just with EPNA, but give us an example yeah. of kind of the first one where you got your start with your first bank referral relationship. This is, I feel, a great story that I don't think I've told very often, but it's really kind of a fun story. And it, it's... Um, uh, 1998. Uh, it was around 1998. I didn't wear glasses for reading <laughs> or anything at that point. Right. Um, but I actually, uh, I worked in a suburb outside of Chicago, uh, actually close to where I grew up, went to high school um, and such. And I um, was very uh, involved with sports. Um, I played actually uh, soccer, tennis, and um, basketball. And very active in sports. You know, anybody that knows me from my hometown knows that I was into that. Sure. And uh, I was athlete of the year with our paper, our, you know, the, I don't know, maybe region or whatever it was. Right. Um, with uh, this person named Jim. Uh, I'll leave his last name out because his, his brother, you'll hear the rest of the story. But so I was athlete of the year. So I was already doing merchant processing for, uh, for quite some time. Okay. And so... As I was with Jim, sorry, there's another. That's okay. You're fine. Keep going. <laughs> um, so as I was, uh, you know, 
already entrenched in kind of like you, what you were talking about, like right. knocking on doors, like, right. you know, having sales reps and, sure. and seeing how difficult it can be in terms of how competitive it is. Mm-hmm. I called up Jim's brother, Andy, who was the president of a bank okay. that was about 30 miles outside of where, of where I was. And um, I just said, hey, Andy, you know, this is Laura and my maiden name's Demke. I'm like, this is Laura Demke. I was athlete of the year with your brother. And, <laughs> and this is my company. This is what I do. Sure. And he's like, well, come on in like that. So I, I went in there and signed the bank. And that was my first successful wow. um, bank relationship. That's so it's, it's pretty funny. And, so really uh, a, a pure networking play. Basically, you knew somebody that knew somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. And I think really how, you know, how it's happened now is somebody that we've worked with before, mm-hmm. they go to another bank and they say, "Oh right. my gosh, we work with them and they're so good and and already that bank is unhappy or whatever, maybe their contract is expiring and so right. they're like, "Okay, well let's bring them in and and right. check that out. So Yeah, you know, two things I want to point out here that I think are interesting. First, I'll tell you my first one, which is not nearly yeah. as interesting as yours. It'll take much, much less time to explain. Um, the first one I went to was a single location in, in our local uh, town of Altoona. And when I went in there, um, I, I realized something very quickly that banks are usually just as dissatisfied with their merchant provider as um, businesses are. Because <laughs> the merchant providers don't actually sell anything. They don't, they just like wait for somebody to call. They don't really try to like grow the relationship at all. Whereas to me, I was yeah. like, my goodness, if I get a bank, I mean, I'll go door to door and say I'm with the bank. My goodness, why would I not? You know? So anyway, right. you know, so I went in there and they were like, we would love to partner with a local payment processing provider, but we have another like six months or eight months on our contract. Um, which I found out later that happens every time. Um, and then yeah, I, uh, yeah. you know, they, they actually have agreements that they can't break. So I just waited and I came back, you know, like a month or two before the end of it and said, let's do something. And that was it and and signed it up. And I, I got so much more business by association with them than they did. Like, like, in other words, it was like I was signing up a bunch of people, you know, of saying, hey, you're with the bank. And eventually I even got them to share some customer data with me that I could actually go out and visit yeah. businesses, which is like the ultimate prize, you know, of like, here's our prize. You know, this is our list of business owners. Right. right. So, yeah. So there, right. there's, there's some really big opportunities with this, I believe. Yes, without a doubt. I think it's got to be, uh, you know, knowing the products, knowing the service, how everything works is right. ideal. Yes. I think also a, a great thing is making sure you have a good schedule A. Yes. Um, that's pretty key. And knowing sure. that you, you're getting the cost, you know, as low as you can possibly go to, to make right. sure that that's, uh, you know. Well, because ultimately you got to split the money up, right? You know, so the bank's got to make some money and you've got to make some money and the merchants still got to get a good deal. So you definitely have to have a pretty competitive uh, offer. Yeah. And the merchant consultants have to get paid. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. You get, that pie gets split up quite a bit. So, um, right. okay. So now here's another, maybe a little bit of a crazy question here, but okay. So yeah. knowing what you know now, right. Yeah. If you could go back I in time, it. right. And you didn't have these, all these bank relationships you have now and you're like, okay, I need to build them up again, you know, but I could start over knowing what you know now. Is there anything you would do differently? Is there any tips that you would share with our audience of how do you get started in like finding these bank relationships? Well, you know, it's interesting because I think more importantly, it's basically what you be careful and pick and choose what is a good fit for your company, Right. you know, because, you know, a lot of these, you know, situations come about and, you know, you just got to make sure that it's a good fit, whether 
maybe they're asking for too much or, right. you know, they're expecting a certain thing and, and it's going to compromise who you are as a company. And we can get into that later. And I think it's a very interesting sure. point, but if I had to go back, I mean, what I did actually is I, I sold that particular bank and it was very successful. And then I got my portfolio bought out by a, a pretty large bank and I became their merchant, uh, regional type of national manager sure, for sure. their credit card processing division. So I went from selling banks to working with a very, you know, I would say right. a, a very large mid-sized bank, right? Mid-large sure. size bank. And, um, you know, went there and then corporate for a long time. So if I could hmm. do anything over again, <laughs> I probably would have never went corporate yeah. and didn't ever sell out. And, you know, at that point, because, right, just keep you know, building. I, yeah, I feel like I needed it because I needed right. when I when I go into bank meetings now, it's like I've worked in that. Yeah, I, you're very I, comfortable you know, in that environment. Yeah, yeah, but if, that's really if I had, I could go back, I probably would have never you know sold out to a, a very large bank. But sure. at the same time, um, it it all works out. Sure. So I know one question a lot of people are probably thinking at this point. Our listeners are wondering, you know, how do you structure these deals? I get these questions a lot um, on the consulting side. And um, I don't know about you, but it, there's a lot of variation in what I've done. But I'm kind of curious. I know you can't give too much detail here, but how do you approach yeah. the structure of these deals? Obviously, the bank wants to make money. As you mentioned, the merchant wants to save money. You want to make money. The agent needs to get paid. So can you give us any insights into how you structure them? Is it kind of standardized? Is it very customized? Give us whatever insights you can share on that topic. Yeah, that is basically all from the years and years of seeing how they were structured with you know, very large, you know, $23 billion companies and stuff like that in the merchant sure. space. And then taking what we've learned and kind of seeing like, we want to make sure that we are authentic at all times. Sure. So if, if we're going to say that we're not going to raise merchant fees, um, but a particular bank wants a signing bonus of $350,000, we know that it's going to take a lot of merchants to make up $350,000. Right. You know, so it's, it's, and, and it's really about like, you know, a, a lot of the times when they're structured is a merchant gets signed up at a certain fee. And then that credit card processing company says in two months, you know what, we're going to up that by like, you know, 25 basis points right. on all of the accounts. Right. And then what they do is, you know, on page three, we're going to put two, one in parentheses and actually charge them 2.1% more. I mean, so they do these things when they go into right. these bank relationships that are, that are, I believe are completely unethical and the banks have no idea. So how we right. structure them really is, and we have two coming up this, this week, this next week, actually, cause today's Friday, but it's really about getting to know what the bank wants to get, knowing, trying to figure out what they want out of the program. Right. You know, is it, is it all financial? Is it customer service? Sure. Is it rah-rah for their offices? Um, is it quarterly contests? You know, and once we kind of gather that information, then we can kind of hone in to say, okay, this is probably a good one, a good fit for us. Um, and maybe this one isn't, or maybe we, we can work on this. Uh, sure. But I do think, you know, one that we're meeting with has a pretty uh, big Latino population. So, you know, we have two bilingual mm. merchant consultants on our team sure. that basically are at the call of, of, of merchants, you know, of, of bank merchants. So right there, 
uh, I was with a, a company for seven years. We couldn't find a good Spanish speaking person. I mean, now we have two. Right. And um, I think it, it, that's phenomenal. So I think it's just a matter of like figuring out what the bank wants. And if right. it's all financial, it's probably right there because we don't raise rates. It's, it's kind of a, a thing where we need to meet somewhere. Right. Yeah, I understand. And so, so let me recap the the main points I heard yeah. you talk about. You were talking yeah. about um, go back to the upfront uh, money for just a minute. So you're talking about yeah. kind of upfront payment. Give us a little more context about what what is that exactly? When would that occur? Yeah. So basically, what happens is a is a most likely a particular bank is getting residual of some sort because they've referred to another provider. Sure. So they might have, for instance, you know. $10,000 a month in residual or right. 20 or 50 or a hundred, who knows, right? It could right. be all over the place. So, so for them to leave that relationship, sometimes they have a non-compete with their current provider and a non-solicit for maybe 24 months or 12 months, depending on how, how detailed that first contract was. And so what we do to offset that sometimes is we say, okay, what is it? What is the sweet spot to kind of get you over and to get you to going, you know, uh, happy with that. Right. So that upfront is to kind of cover that. Sure. Um, if there's any type of situation. Where that they're gonna, they they might suffer they financial loss because of the handling of their existing agreement. It's almost like um, paying an early termination fee, but on a very, very large scale, right? Right. But you know what we've seen, though, is a lot of those banks that have those type of relationships with merchant service providers that really weren't watching out for their merchants or the right. bank for that matter have raised the merchants so much that the attrition is like terrible, you know, terrible. Right. Mm -hmm. So our biggest thing is, okay, how does this make sense? How many merchants do you have? How much revenue are you receiving? Right. And we kind of break it down from there, but we've been on so many calls where they're like, it's not even about money. We just want good people and we know that you came from a great source. Right. And, you know, right. please just please just take care of this for us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah. we're getting phone calls. Right. Um, and that goes with partners, too. I mean, it's not just banks, because as you know, I mean, we've been we started in uh, early 2018, late 2017. And banks are under those three year contracts or five right. year contracts. And, yep. you know, it's, it's really about the timing of all that, like you yes. said earlier. Um, so. Basically, yeah, you know, yeah, and I think I think one of the other kind of practical implications. I mean, if you're like a a small shop looking to do this, you're definitely going to need to have an attorney um, because <laughs> you know a big part of this is actually helping the bank understand. You know, they have legal staff, but kind of you know they're they're in their words, it's always well, we're just totally locked in. You know, there's nothing yeah. we can do. Usually there's something that they can do to your point. There's usually a financial detriment to them doing so, but then that right. becomes a point of negotiation. And I will say the other thing is, you know, you either need to be with a, an EPNA or, you know, you're going to have to work with your processor. I mean, these deals are not normally something that an individual agent on their own is going to be able to do, whether it's from, they need to come up with a hundred thousand dollars up front to do it, or, you know, yeah. uh, they need to understand the contract terms or do a custom agreement. So it's, it's, this is not your run of the mill deal. Each of these deals, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, Laura, I mean, each of these deals is is a very custom thing that you have to figure yeah. out right yeah and you know it's interesting when you when you look at the reports you know prior and having all mm -hmm. the years of experience when i when i look at reports on what a merchant excuse me a, a merchant portfolio was supposed to get a, you know paid out to a certain bank right you know say if it's you know i'm just gonna use 20 percent. when you back in those numbers really it's like 
6% or 5% or 4%. Right, right. It's not even the true revenue. And for us, I mean, whatever the percentage is, like anybody could open the books and say, okay, this is what's coming in and this is the percentage rate. And, you know, and we include all of the equipment sales as well, because right. as you know, in this industry, you know, the leasing and all the different yes. tactics that, you know, get people rich short term is not the best for the merchant. So we have, um, we have all equipment included in a lot of our agreements. So that's kind of fun too, is so they can right. see what's going on and what's, they know that we're not selling somebody seven pieces of equipment. Right. You're, um, you're making all this additional money and they're, they're not participating in all of that. So. Right. And getting yeah. the true percentage. I mean, right. that's really, it's hard to like tell people that, and yeah. like, ah. but it's like, yes. no, this is not right. <laughs> right. Yes. Um, okay. So I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, and I want to talk about, um, you know, this new onboarding, uh, you know, application that you guys have. So one of the things that's really interesting about the banks is this concept of them kind of having merchants that are ready to sign up a lot of times, um, right, or that are very interested. And so um, I haven't really talked about this publicly at all yet, but, you know, we do have a statement analysis feature that I think you're going to talk about as well. But, um, you yeah. know, we're working together on some of that. So can you kind of fill us in on, you know, what have you created so far and what do you, what is the long-term vision in your mind of, helping these bank relationships to grow through technology? So it's the self-boarding tool, I, well, excuse me, I believe will be a game changer because what it does, and we're actually implementing it with one of our banks, uh, hopefully by the end of the month here, we'll have things on their website and to be able to show other particular partners of ours and, and other banks right. as well. Um, when you think about how a normal process would work from a merchant walking into a bank, opening up their DDA account. And then at that point during the process, you know, they're inputting all the information. And after that information, you know, they're, they're having that particular merchant sign like 17 forms. Right. Um, you know, and, you know, they might be getting a, a little spiff from the credit card, you know, referral right. fee, but it's like, it's really not going to right. buy dinner for the whole week. Right. So, you know, they're like, ah, forget it. You know, I'm yep. not even going to go that route. So what we've what we've done is we've provided a self-boarding tool. So if they are sitting next to or in front of that particular customer, at that point during all the paperwork process, they could essentially do a statement analysis right there with just simple numbers, how much you process, how much you pay, and, and look at kind of average numbers. Mm -hmm. um, but also if they're interested and they're a new merchant, they're not processing yet. They can actually sit across from that banker and go through our online onboarding uh, application and self-board, pick out a device and be ready to process, you know, right. in, in really that same day. Yeah. So, um, I mean, if, if it's over, if it's a mail or a telephone order, but if it's a device, you know, that, that terminal shipped out that same day. So right. that self-boarding feature alleviates that particular banker having to say, oh, you're interested? Great. Let me go put in a lead, right. you know, and then EP&A gets that lead immediately. But then as we get the lead, now the merchants are already cooking dinner at home or taking somebody to soccer practice or whatever they're doing. Right. And they're out of the, the, the right. mindset of having to worry about a merchant account. So we're just trying to make it easy for our bankers to say, hey, um, this is it. And the, the, I think the cherry on top of all that is that the bankers could designate their own price for accepting credit cards. Exactly. For their merchants. They have more control. So if they want, 
yeah, if they want everybody getting the same rate and they know that it's not going to raise and it's very competitive in the industry and we're, you know, more right. competitive against Square and Stripe and all these good things, I think it's just a win-win because they know that if another business goes into the location, that other business that just left is getting that same offer. Right. And it's there, it takes that, you know, I don't want to say cheesy sales process, but right. that's sometimes I think what people think of merchant services that it's like all these numbers going all over the place, right. but it, it really takes the simplicity yeah. um, and qualifies that for them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, to clarify for, I know uh, so a lot of our listeners will have questions about, you know, what is this thing and, and all of that. And I think, yeah. you know, so just to clarify on, on, you know, I have a company ISO amp. And so we do the idea of statement analysis, the idea where uh, a merchant or an agent can upload a statement and they can get yeah. back a completed analysis through our automated AI and our matching system and our analysts and things like that. Um, yeah. And we have the idea of kind of that merchant facing experience. Um, and then you guys have built this really amazing back end, um, you know, online application with templates. Um, and so basically we're marrying those two things together so that a yeah. merchant could potentially say, I want to get, you know, a banker could say, Hey, do you, you know, are you interested in credit card processing? Here's a link on our website and it's a branded experience, upload your statement and we'll do everything from give you a bid and then give you the link where you can actually complete the paperwork to receive that. Is that a accurate description that's, of what we're doing? Right. That's totally accurate. And the other great thing about it is too, is like a developer, for instance, that's mm -hmm. developing a particular software. Um, they can have an OP, open uh, API where they can right. kind of go in and get that bar sheet Yep. Um, distributed to them and, and really control that process. Right. So I think it's a matter of, you're not for anyone. I mean, that's really right. what it is. And I think, you know, a lot of businesses now, I mean, it's, it's very, it's a competitive industry we're in, yeah. but they don't, people don't really want to, I mean, not that they, not that I agree that people are so impatient, but you know what I mean? But I do yes. think that no, they are. supplying <laughs> that or giving, yeah, right. Yeah. But providing them that opportunity that if they wanted to do it, right. it's there. Yep. And we have no contracts. So, hey, you're right. on board. It's great. Right. This is, you know, we are one of the only companies that doesn't have a, a contract, which is which is pretty remarkable. Right. Um, so we want to earn your business every day. Right. So that's, right. that's how we look at that. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, and I think it's exciting. I think there's I think there's a lot of potential with referral relationships in general where it's like sign up for credit card processing is kind of a I don't want to say a necessary evil, but it's it's kind of this thing that needs to happen, but it's almost secondary. It's like, I'm opening my bank account. I'm getting my business set up. Oh, I need credit card processing too. And it's like, well, yeah. here, here's a link and making that, making that process easy from, you know, all the way from analyzing what they're currently doing all the way through to approved account. Um, so I like what you guys are doing there. I think it's pretty cool. All right. So last thing for you, um, just real quickly for those who are listening right now that might say, wow, this sounds really interesting. I want to learn more about EPNA. I want to maybe, you know, agents yeah. that want to partner, uh, I, you know, things like that. Who are you looking for? Give us a little bit of a flavor of what type of person might be a good, uh, you know, fit at EPNA and then also tell us where they should go to learn more. Yeah, I do think that we're looking for, you know, we, we always say it in this and a lot of people say it, but it, we really do think that it's important, especially with the relationships that we've already built. Integrity has, is always going to be number one. Um, we don't want anybody going there and selling a merchant three terminals when it's a small business. Right. We only need one. Right. Um, so we want somebody that, that, is, that has integrity. That's number one. I think the other big thing for, you know, agents coming on board with us is um, that they know that they're going to have an ownership of their merchant base. So as long as as long as you're on board with us as an agent, 
you will get paid. As long as you can answer the phone, you will get paid your residuals. We have no monthly minimums. We don't change rates. We don't, you know, increase your buy rate from a certain rate to this. Um, but we want to also provide you those tools as well. So for instance, if that particular agent has a bank and they like this idea, once that self-boarding thing is, is on their site, our SEO people can see where that's kind of coming in one, but they can also right. track it from the banking information right. to see what bank that's at. We know that's assigned to that particular agent. And then they're kind of taking it out of, outside to say, okay, I don't really have to go through all this back and forth, like a merchant information form, and then you're getting right. it back and then right. you're filling out the application. <clears throat> so I think for agents, that's what we're really looking for is people that want to work, want to grow, um, have awesome integrity and want to learn. This business is completely changing every single day. Yep. And that's a big thing for us. We don't want anybody that's like, I'm going to do it the same way I've done it for, right. because that's, that's, this isn't the industry for you. This right. is changing. And, um, you know, that's what we're looking for and, and how they can reach out to us. Yeah. Uh, we definitely, uh, I would definitely put say just info at epnallc.com. And that's going to get into our, our mailbox that uh, we work with all of the people that go to our website or different things that they have questions about. And so that's a great uh, point of contact. And we have people managing that. Um, and then that's really it. I mean, it's just a matter of the questions and answers and really know that what we're about, that's the key. Yeah. And um, we're looking to grow. Love it. Awesome. Laura, thank you so much for your time. It is always a pleasure when our paths cross and uh, I'm really excited. I think this is a good topic. I think hopefully this will kind of, you know, open the imagination of people listening as to like, oh, wow, there's other things we can do in the industry that can be really successful. Uh, so thank you so much for taking the time to share the insights with our audience today. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field with James Shepard. Hey everybody, today I'm going to do a very short uh, questions from the field because we had a, a great interview with Laura at EPNA uh, talking about, of course, bank referral relationships. And so I didn't want to take a, a long time, but I know that I'm going to get a ton of questions. This is like a this is like a questions in the field in advance. I know I'm going to get a ton of questions from my friends and connections in the industry about uh, my my discussion about statement analysis. So I thought I'd take just a second to give you some basic information um, about ISO AMP um, and the new uh, service that we're providing there. If you have questions about it, you can always go to get isoamp, so get isoamp.com, get isoamp.com, and you can learn more about it. But, um, you know, we're going to do a big rollout event here in about a month, but we are looking for a few more ISOs uh, and even individual agents that want to jump into the uh, beta program right now before we do like a big massive rollout. But it's pretty exciting technology. Uh, we now have the ability for you to completely outsource statement analysis. And so I want to make it really clear when I was, you know, talking with Laura earlier, one of the key differentiators here is when you're dealing with referral relationships or um, ISVs and things like that, if you say, well, we have an AI that can read 50% of the statements, 
that does no good. Um, if you're trying to outsource statement analysis and you have employees that you're paying and you're like, we want to outsource statement analysis, saying that you can do 60% of them through AI that needs to be checked, that doesn't do any good. Our solution uh, that we have developed, we do use AI, but we use it in a very different way. So we use AI to automate as much as possible, to read the statement, and then we do the matching automatically as much as possible. But um, inevitably, we're going to get some statements in that our AI doesn't know yet or that we weren't able to read. And so we've gone with a shared services model to where we actually have, um, uh, we shouldn't say shared, a services model, where we actually have analysts that complete the process. So we call it human-assisted AI. So we've built what we call power tools. So we have it set up so that our analysts can complete statement analyses. We look at every analysis that comes through, even if our AI is able to completely automate the entire thing. An analyst actually looks, a human being, a statement analysis expert at my company actually looks at that analysis before it goes out. But our promise to our clients is really pretty simple. And that is, if you send us a statement that is legible, in other words, a human being can read it, we will do an analysis on it. So we're going to complete an analysis just like your analysis department would complete it, uh, the same level of completion. Of course, we're occasionally going to get a scan or something in that we can't read, but if it's a, an OCR, if it's a scan, or if it's a native PDF, um, if it's legible, we're going to complete it. Now, if it's a native PDF or it's a really clean scan, we're going to be able to complete it a lot faster. But even if you send us something that's not, we have a team that would actually just key in things from the statement if we're missing some information and things like that. So um, again, if you want more information, go to getisoamp.com, G-E-T-I-S-O-A-M-P.com. You can read all about it there. Um, again, uh, you know, we may or may not take you on as a client. We're working selectively right now. We've had a, a lot of interest, um, but this is a solution solution that 100% um, we you're outsourcing statement analysis, you're done. Whether you're an individual agent or an ISO, you can outsource your statement analysis to us. Your team can go in, upload their own statements. Our analysts do the analysis using our AI, which allows our cost to be a lot lower than yours. Um, and then, you know, they get a complete analysis back, fully customized pricing, schedule A's loaded, residual calculations, every pricing structure, every processor, everything. Um, 100%. There's no statement that we don't support, no processing platform that we don't support. That's all it is. It's it's statement analysis. It's done. So um, that's what that is. If you want to learn more about that, go to getisoamp.com, fill out the form, and uh, our team will follow up with you as time allows. I'm not making any promises right now because, again, we have been swamped, and uh, we're going to do our full uh, big launch here in a, a few weeks. So um, thanks, everybody, so much for listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. I know your time is valuable. Um, I really just love doing the podcast. I love interviewing people like Laura. I wish all of you tremendous success, and I uh, hope you have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of Greensheet.com and CCSalesPro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.